Welcome to the Inspired Living with Autoimmunity podcast, the podcast for high achievers who want to stay sharp, focused, and full of energy despite their diagnosis. With your host, National Board Certified Functional Medicine Health Coach, Julie Michelson, where Julie helps you take your power back from autoimmunity. And now here's your host, Julie Michelson. Welcome back to the Inspired Living with Autoimmunity podcast. I'm your host, Julie Michelson. And today we're joined by Sylvia Tabor, the co-founder of Carnivore Snacks. Sylvia is a self-experimenter who is on a mission of finding new ways and rediscovering ancestral ways of achieving optimal physical, mental, and spiritual health while helping others along the way. After years on a vegan diet and struggling with mold illness, sears, and Lyme disease, along with other co-infections, she found healing through the carnivore diet. Her passion for high-quality food and supporting local businesses led her to creating carnivore snacks. In today's conversation, Sylvia shares her healing journey, and we talk about the importance of including clean protein in your diet for optimal health. Sylvia, welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thank you for having me. I am so excited that you're here because you are doing something that I think is going to make a really big impact for people and is already a great resource for my clients. So I'd love to hear how you got into this business of providing clean protein for people. (laughs) Well, it's been quite a journey. I feel like most businesses start from some sort of need. And it was a selfish need for myself when, you know, I started out, I was vegan for many years and my gut health got really, really bad during those years. And then eventually on the vegan diet, I wasn't even able to digest nuts, which were my main protein source. So, and I tried pea protein and I was really overloaded with lead because as I've learned later, pea protein is basically, we cannot manufacture it without the byproduct of lead, unfortunately, but maybe hopefully in the future that will be possible. So then I, I got very, I got poisoned with lead. And then eventually I decided, well, let me just try eat fruit, nothing but fruit. So oh my goodness. I did that, I did that for a year. Oh my gosh. I'm and glad you're still here. <laughs> yes. And, and I was very close to basically taking my own life because my mental health declined severely. It, it was really, really bad. Wow. Um, and then I got to a point where my doctor said that I have to start including animal foods in my diet. Otherwise, you know, I'm, I'm just gonna, my body's just gonna basically Shut down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And my body already that started breaking down. My bones were, um, my bones were breaking for no reason. Just a small pressure would break my ribs. And yeah, I, I finally gave in and I started eating eggs and, and a little bit of fish. Then unfortunately I had a very bad infection. It was necrotizing fasciitis. 
Oh, it was another thing that almost took my life. And it was right after I got infected with Lyme. I, I was bitten by brown recluse. And at that time, I had no idea that brown recluse can transmit Lyme disease. But, and I had, first it was MRSA, then it, it got in, turned into necrotizing fasciitis. I ended up in the hospital, uh, in ICU for a week and the doctors were very puzzled because they couldn't figure out what that infection was. It looked very bizarre because it looked like I had a snake under the skin around my torso. The infection oh boy. was spreading pretty quickly as well. And they were basically pumping me with a lot of antibiotics. And I had in both arms, I had IVs with antibiotics. Nothing was helping. It was surgery, three surgeries back to back every three days in a row. Finally, they found a solution. But after this whole thing, I went back home and even drinking water. <laughs> hurt my gut. Oh it my was so bad after all these antibiotics. And I remember my friend sent me a video to Dr. Baker's, Sean, Dr. Sean Baker interview. <laughs> uh, I think it was it, it wasn't with Joe Rogan, because I know everybody knows Dr. Sean Baker from Joe Rogan's podcast, but it was from I forgot the name, but I watched it and I was thinking to myself, like, this guy is nuts. He's going to get a colon cancer and this and that and all <laughs> kinds of diseases. But at that point, I was so desperate. I I decided to try carnivore diet. And at that point, I started eating nothing but meat. And for me, it was simple. It was just meat and water and salt. I never really cared for spices or for herbs or anything like that. And then while I lived in Chicago and I had a corporate job, it was pretty easy to, to sustain my carnivore diet. But then I decided to move to California. My job involved a lot of travel Ooh. and it was pretty hard to stop very quickly and find a place where I could find a good quality meat because I always cared about sustainability and very good quality of meat. So even though those places do exist, like the time limit that I had, it just wasn't possible for me to do that. And I also had very little time at home once I got back from working to prep everything to take with me on the road. So that's kind of like how I started thinking. I'm like, oh my God, it will be. And I searched everywhere for just, you know, a meat that it was just meat and sulfur product that I could take with me that was already done. It was in a bag that I wouldn't have to worry, <laughs> to, you know, bring a knife or a steak knife with me. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, and, and I couldn't find anything. There were, there's, there were certainly a lot of brands of Biltong that were a little bit cleaner. But for me at that time, I still reacted to things like vinegar. So even little thing like that um, was bothering my stomach. So, um, and garlic gave me huge headaches. Same thing with onion powder. And most of those products contain these type of you know, spices and whatnot and pepper, like anything spices irritated my stomach. So that that's kind of how I started, you know, thinking about, you know, like, why doesn't this product exist, you know? And, and I thought to myself, there's got to be other people out there who 
want something simple or appreciate even the taste of just meat and salt, you know? So that's kind of like how I started thinking about it. And one day I visited my, my family in Arizona and my aunt, she already had a business that to where she had the equipment that I could sort of try out the ideas that I, that I had. And, and I did, when I visited, I would always like buy my ribeye, buy, you know, I experimented with fish and I would make all these, I called them chips, meat chips. And I would make a bunch and just bring with me on a plane. And, and from then on, my aunt was like, why won't you just start selling this? And I'm like, oh no, nobody's going to buy it. And, you know, I had all kinds of excuses and then one thing led to another and it turned into carnivore snacks. What we now know carnivore snacks has definitely been uh, a crazy ride, but, you know, I was fortunate enough to meet the right people in my life who now, you know, Mark, who you probably met, I think, maybe not, but Mark has been, you know, huge, huge part of carnivore snacks. And without him, we probably would not be where we are right now, because doing everything, both sides of the business, you know, manufacturing, because we've decided to make everything on our own. We're not, we were seeking the right beef jerky manufacturer, but as we were in search and Everybody was telling us that nobody's going to make this product for us because it's too time consuming. The process is too long. It's too hands on and the profit, the margins are not big. So nobody's going to take this on and it's going to be super expensive. And they were pretty much right. Like we could not find any jerky manufacturer that would be willing to make this for us. So we decided that we're just going to make it on our own and slowly, but surely, you know, like after a year, we ended up moving from 2000 square feet a place um, to now, I believe it's over 12,000 square feet. Wow. And, and we've been growing and growing and um, it's thanks to the people who do, you know, all of our customers appreciate the, the pureness, cleanness, the quality, the fact that we source from, you know, U.S. farmers, because sure, we could source our meat from places like Brazil, places like Argentina, and save probably 75%. It's insane. When I heard the prices for, that, we, that we could pay sourcing from other countries it was insane. I'm like, how is this possible? Even with the shipping right it will be less wow. way less expensive it's insane but we've decided to support you know american farmers and and that's the route we took and, and we're very happy about that we 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 are and, and I, I think, think it makes it yeah it makes a big difference for i think you have a very specific well-educated customer base and that's what we're looking for, right? And and we want regenerative farming and good, you know, animal processes to to be available and to continue, right? We want our. I live in Colorado, so I live in oh my god ranching yes. country. But you know, and and so I I want my local rancher to continue because he's raising beautiful, happy grass fed, grass finished animals. So I, I just, you know, fell in love with not only the product I do want, and I want to talk about that, but I want to touch on a little more of your story. So 
question. When, when did you go from vegan to, I want to highlight this because so many people that come to me with, you know, multiple autoimmune conditions had been, or still were vegan. So this is, it's a really common issue and, and often that change to veganism feels good. Like people feel good for six months or whatever their time period is. And, and, and I've seen the same with something like, I think anytime we make a big change, we can like feel that boost. But so I'm just curious, how long has it been since, since you were practicing vegan? It was, I was, I started out, so prior to what I consider raw vegan, I was a vegetarian. But for me, being Polish, vegetarian basically meant vegan. Because for us, vegetarian is vegetables. Vegetables, (laughs) exactly. So that meant basically I was eating mostly vegetables, some fruit, and I would make, I would have like sauerkraut. And I remember I would use like things like canola oil. Well, too. Sure. Because <laughs> that was. A, we a, didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I consider that healthy. Uh-huh. That didn't last long because I w- actually, I wasn't feeling great eating canola oil. <laughs> but before I, I went vegetarian, my diet was very clean. I never transit when I moved to um, US, I was 13 and I never fully transitioned into like eating fast food. My mom always cooked at home and it was pretty healthy meals. Real food. And we never got into um, eating things like McDonald's. I never actually had a meal at McDonald's ever. Good. <laughs> Burger King. None of, I, I would go with my uh, friends in high school, but I would just sit there and watch them eat because I never, it really, first of all, the oil, the burnt oil made me feel nauseous. Sure. So it was just in my head that if it smells this bad, like it cannot taste good. So I was never really tempted to try it. So when I went into like the vegetarian style of eating, I wasn't feeling good. And then I decided, you know what, I'm going to try re- uh, uh, raw vegan diet. So I went into that and things for me still didn't improve because like prior to that, I was eating uh, fruits, vegetables. I was eating some meat. I eliminated dairy because I figured out that dairy was causing me some issues. So I eliminated that. And I also eliminated wheat and pretty much all grains. So my the base of my diet was vegetables, meat, fish, and then some fruit here and there. So then I transitioned from that into the vegetarian diet and I was feeling worse. Then I went into raw vegan and that made me feel even worse. But I was so convinced that I was doing a, a good service to the planet by saving all the animals. So I just stuck with it. And for three years on the raw vegan diet, things just started getting really bad. And I was, I thought I was doing things right. I was supplementing with a lot of things, all the, all the A vitamins, the D vitamins, B12. And I made sure that it was like super high quality. It wasn't anything from like that you get at Costco or Walgreens. I would spend probably a hundred dollars on a bottle of B12. That was like 
fermented, didn't have any crazy additives to it. And I, at that point, I was a college student and I was working full time and all my money was going towards supplements and trying to buy like the newest sprouter to sprout all my, you know, nuts and seeds. And I was trying to do all the right things. And in spite of that, like I was just not feeling well. And I was getting very, very weak. You could see that the, my my arms were so thin that, you know, my family was worried, but sure. they wouldn't say anything because, you know, here I am thinking that I'm I'm so healthy because I'm, I'm only eating fruits and vegetables and I'm trying to convince my entire family to go vegan. Thank God they were so <laughs> Um, and yeah, and here I am just getting weaker and weaker. And it got to a point where I started pooping blood and I'm like, oh my God, like what's going on? And I was not digesting any of the nuts and almonds uh, after eating almonds that, w- that was happening every single time. And till this day, I still have friends who, who are vegan or eat almonds and the same thing happens to them. And I tell them, you know, I just start to stop eating almonds, no matter how great they are, how amazing it's <laughs> Like I don't think your body that. can give you a clearer sign than something. Is <laughs> exactly. Not <for> yes. You. <laughs> yes. Oh my but goodness. like the, I don't. That was like almonds and nuts. It was like the only thing in the raw vegan diet that like I truly enjoyed. Like that like, literally enjoyed. Sure, because there was some protein. Your body was probably happy about. Yes. Oh my gosh, a little bit of protein and some fats. Yeah. Good fats. Yeah. If, if you truly think about it, like how much of that protein you really absorb when, you know, like when you poop well, it you out, absorbing like anything. all these pieces. <laughs> <Yeah>. of- <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. So I, I know you also, I believe had mold toxicity and, and struggled with SIRS as well. And I, I want to touch on that because we all come into contact with things. And and I have struggled with both of those in my past as well. And what I've come to learn through my work is that, you know, the body should be able to fight stuff off. And so you were so compromised that you couldn't. How are you now? Are you well? Is it something you're still working on? It's definitely a work in progress. It was worse after, before Lyme, I didn't even know that I was struggling with mold. Like, I don't think I even noticed any changes. And I, I grew up in a house that had black mold and we, as a family, I remember we struggled, like it was back in Poland. We, all of us had a lot of health issues. My sisters, my sister struggled with asthma. My brother had all these weird infections going on. My dad had constant ear infections and staff, staff infections. And now that I think about it, it all makes sense. And for me, the issues that I always struggled with as a kid, when we lived in that house was digestive issues. Mm-hmm. And then going into the raw vegan, I feel like that got even worse. Sure. And then Lyme, after Lyme, things got so bad. I would be stuck in bed for a couple of weeks, unable to get up. I physically, I just, I couldn't get out of the bed. Mentally, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, 
I know I'm not lazy and, right. and I I want to do things. I'm very motivated, but I can't like physically, it was like somebody or something drained all the energy I had in my body and I just couldn't move. And then on the other side, it was the opposite. Whenever I would get exposed to mold, my brain would stop functioning. So some days it was more physical, other days it was more mental. And I remember one day, my my parents now live in Wisconsin, and I finally figure out that they have a lot of mold in there. And it's, asper- it's aspergillus mold, which is the sport that I'm mostly intolerant to, allergic to. And every time I would go visit, I would come back home and I could not function. It would take me two days in bed. And then I remember one day looking at my phone after I was exposed and I could not understand the letters. Oh it, my goodness. It just looked like numbers. And that's when I got so scared. I'm like, I'm like, I know I I I know how to read. Right. All of it just looked like symbols to me. I had oh no idea gosh. what it meant. Um so, so scary. Lyme, yeah, Lyme definitely had things uh, like the mold illness. It definitely brought it up to the surface and made things worse. Um, so I've, I worked with a doctor here in Columbus and I was able to actually get rid of Lyme and now I'm working on mold illness and I'm on a lot of stuff right now, but it's definitely helping. And it is, it's a process. I mean, it is, and you mentioned, you know, about the house in Poland. I mean, that's the tricky thing about mold, you know, if you all had been sick with the same thing, perhaps people would have been looking for, you know, is it the house or, but it it is the tricky thing that you can have any, you know, people always ask me, well, what are the symptoms of mold toxicity? And I'm like, name a symptom. It could be, you know? (laughs) So, you know, I'm grateful for you that you're, you're continuing to work on it because it, it is a, it's a, it's a process for sure. It is. And like you said, I am shocked that my parents are living in the house in Wisconsin and are are feeling normal. I mean, normal to them, you know, but they do complain of being tired of this and that, that aches and pains. But whenever I mention mold illness, like that, they don't listen. They won't go there. Yeah. It's not a thing, but you know, and it's hard. It's hard because your family will look at you like you're some sort of weirdo, like you're coming up with, with stuff, you know, and it's hard to tell your parents, listen, I'm sorry. Like I cannot come visit you anymore for Christmas or holidays because I cannot afford to digress. Like all the progress I have made, if I go and visit them, I'm going to be back to square one Right. and getting out of that, you know, that dark hole that, that, you know, small exposure brings, it's just, for me, it's not worth it. Like I love my parents, but yeah. it's just, it's hard. No, I, I could imagine. So I want to shift. I'm glad you're doing better and I'm glad you're still working on it. Uh, are you still carnivore or do you include some fruits and vegetables in your diet? I do include fruits and vegetables. I was hoping. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I um, think it's a, it can be an amazing reset, especially when somebody has, you know, really intense gut issues like you did. I, I've had some clients that have gone that route and and I always make a deal with them. Like, let's do it as a reset and and then stay clean. So yay. Yes. <laughs> I want to, 
Yeah, Sorry, go, ahead. go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> no, I just wanted to say, uh, you know, I've, I used to do consulting, nutritional consulting with a lot of people. And many people came to me wanting to transition to carnivore diet for just to lose weight. And I wanted to talk them out of it because I honestly, if you're not struggling with any autoimmune or anything crazy, I would not advise anybody to go carnivore carnivore full time and just, you know, for the rest of their lives. I do believe there's, you know, there's vegetables, even for a detoxification purposes, they're so important. Like even now for me with the mold illness, vegetables help me like I I, sometimes I do feel like I swell up if I eat vegetables like I feel like that fiber soaks up whatever toxins are in, in in my body at that time and then I get rid of it and you know I understand and I love carnivore community and I understand that some people do it because they struggle with maybe um addictions and whatnot and if they have a little bite of fruit and that sweetness just you know turns something on in their brain and then binge on pounds and pounds of fruit which of course it's not healthy and i understand that but it's almost like a crutch you know and and you have to figure out why that is because that is not normal but for some, for some for some people, it's fine. It's fine to be carnivore if they have to be carnivore for the rest of their lives. It's okay. And that's okay. You know, I just don't believe that is the way, that is a healthy way. Yay. And I see, I didn't know. I was afraid to ask. No, <laughs> yeah. Like, and we're all, you know, everybody has a different journey, but I believe in you know, with the most varied diet that supports us, which is going to look different from person to person, but always includes clean protein. I don't know. So yes. I want to talk about clean protein. I want to talk about carnivore snacks because as somebody who has been on her own health journey and supports others, again, like I said, I'm always looking for ways to support, not you know, a always starts with myself and I never recommend anything for people that I don't enjoy or use um, and so same thing. I mean, I, I travel with clean protein in, in my bag and in my suitcase. And, and I, what I love so much about your company is not only the, the sourcing and the care that you put in to making sure that this is, you know, truly high quality protein, but like you said, it's just the meat and salt And what blows me away, even though I am a grass-fed beef lover, is how you can get really like showcase the different cuts of meat. They taste different. Like they literally, we were recently at a conference and Carnivore Snacks was there. And so it was my chance to literally go down the line and taste all of the different cuts. And we were blown and it was funny because it was like, well, which one do you want? You know, we wanted all of them. And and so I I think that that is, is so amazing. So I want to talk about that a little bit. Obviously it started with what you could tolerate, but also you don't need anything other than the meat and salt. Like you just don't, it's, it's amazing. So how did that come up? How did you decide, well, we want ribeye and we want strip and we like all the different cuts. Cause that is really unusual. I don't know if there is another company doing that. 
So for me, when I started making things for myself, I started with ribeye just because I was oh. eating ribeye. <laughs> and that's something that I bought for myself. So I already had it and I would just like slice it. And then I round, I enjoyed I round and I figured it would make a nice, like leaner option. And then pork loin, pork loin was basically just because my aunt, she had some left over and I'm like, oh, and I asked her like, oh, are you doing anything with that? She said, oh no, you can use it. So I ended up making that and it was like the most flavorful out of all the cuts I made. So those were like my top three that I was making for myself. So basically this is why. We started with those because I already tested them. I already had the recipe for them and I knew it was going to work. So those and, and also leg of lamb, but leg of lamb, I wasn't crazy about at the beginning because the one that I was getting was from Australia. And even though it was grass fed, it was just it wasn't tasting too great and the texture was kind of tough. And so I wasn't crazy about it, but the top three were basically the ribeye around and, and pork loin just because, you know, it was proven, you know, I had the recipe. So we started with that. And later on, we started as we started sourcing as we started growing and making connections with the farmers, we started asking questions, you know, what can we help you with? What do you have a lot on your hands that your customers are not buying? So we can help you guys sell that, you know, I can always figure out uh, what I can make. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, so it was basically later on, that's how, how this happened. You know, now that we have launched skirt steak, it was another case of us helping one of our primary farms, which is Joyce farm out of Northern Carolina. And, you know, it's just uh, on that end, it feels good to help the farmers, you know, because they're stuck with, you know, thousands of pounds of meat that is, they are not able to move. And if we can help them out with that, like it it feels amazing, you know, and then we know our our customers are going to enjoy that. So that's kind of how, you know, how it started and how the, how the company has grown. And, you know, we're trying to help on, both ends. And sometimes, you know, the farms might have just a little bit of something and it's not going to be, this is why we basically launched memberships because some farms have one cut of meat, but that might be only for like three months that they have it. Once we use it, once we buy it from them, it's gone until they can collect that again. And then we might have it back again. So that's kind of like why the membership happened recently. And there's many people who enjoy that. I mean, I definitely, I don't know if you had a chance to try the Wagyu cuts, but those are amazing. And now we and now the skirt steak, I think skirt steak is now my my favorite. Is it? And um, I wanted to circle back to the lamb because you did perfect the lamb. And I know that was your favorite before the skirt yes. steak. So yes. So with the lamb, sourcing makes so much difference. Now that we're so, we tried, once we started developing relationships with farmers, we were able to find farm that was big enough to provide us a uh, supply that would, you know allow us to sell to customers 
once I tested out their product, it turned out to be way, way better than what I tested from Australia. And that's another thing, you know, quality matters so much when it comes to our product. And, you know, like when I was making it for myself, I was buying grass-fed ribeye from Costco, not Costco, but Whole Foods. And and that compared to regeneratively raised is night and day. And I even noticed like when I was um, experimenting with it and I would make it for, for myself and I would just get that meat from Whole Foods. It wasn't the smell of the fat was totally different than what we're getting right now from the regenerative farms. Like that fat smells so buttery and good. And it, it, you're drooling as the product is make it is being <laughs> done versus, you know, that Whole Foods, which is supposedly 100% grass fed, grass finished. Right. It's but what thing. grass, like what soil, what grass. <laughs> exactly. That, that's the, I, I grew up in the dairy business and, and our, our family's dairy was in New Jersey. <laughs> I remember as a young adult, I moved to Florida and I called my, this was back when I still consumed dairy, <laughs> called my mm-hmm. dad. And I was like, the milk down here is gross. Is it because it's so hot? And he laughed. He's like, no, it's the grass <laughs> that the cows are eating. It's the same with the meat. You know, it, it really, not that we're knocking whole foods, you know, some people that's their best source, right? Exactly. Yes. You you get the best you can, but I I know exactly what you're talking about because if we fill in something from Whole Foods versus the cow that's in our freezer, totally different. Totally. And I can tell you like at the very beginning when I was transitioning into eating meat and that was before regenerative and grass fed was just becoming a thing like you could only find like one piece of grass-fed at whole foods that was the best thing i've ever had like it right i i still remember and it was super expensive i remember it was like 30 dollars per pound of of, of new york strip <laughs> and at that time i was begging my mom to buy it for me <laughs> because <laughs> because i still live with my parents and and it was amazing but you know like now things change you know thanks to politics there are different uh names for grass-fed now if you feed the cow palate of the grass it's considered grass-fed so it, it you know raising an animal outside when it's in the sun it matters as well because the sun also provides a, a certain amount of nutrients and, and and different energy for the cow for just like for us just like for us, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I love that. And again, that's that's one of the the I think incredible things about your company is that you guys. It's all of the those details you're paying attention to, and and you know we want to eat happy animals for you know moral reasons, but also for our health. It really does make a difference. And so I just I'm so glad I have. <laughs> all of my clients, I'm like, here, <laughs> try. you have to try that because I'm always telling I'm big on what I call purse snacks or truck snacks, depending on 
yes. hard snacks. I, you know, I don't leave the house. It, even if I, if I meet with clients in person at the clinic, you know, they know I always, you know, they'll be like, do you have any, <laughs> do you have any food in your purse? Like they know I always have. <laughs> and I think everybody should, because you don't want to be in a jam. Like we need protein and it's so important. It is so easy to just grab anything unhealthy. Like when you really, yeah. really hungry, you forget that, that, you know, that, oh yeah, I've decided to not eat this, you know, sugar anymore. But when you're hungry at that point, yeah. it's like your brain is just like, I just want to eat. I don't care what it is. I just want to eat. So yeah, I, I totally understand that. I love it. I love it. And actually for everybody listening, if you go to carnivore snacks with an X dot com slash navigate, you'll get 15% off your first order. That's how much I love their stuff. It's it's amazing. Um, Thank you. Sylvia, what is one step that listeners and it could it may not have to do with food or it can, <laughs> but what's one step that people can take starting today to improve their health? One step and I hmm I think is really just figuring out how you as an individual operate because oftentimes, you know, we hear all this advice from other people. This is what works for me. This is what works for, for that person. And this person, you end up trying that and, and falling into even worse uh, place than you were. But if you figure out, let's say you're somebody who wants to start working out, you know, and you hear some influencer on Instagram saying that, you know, the only way, uh, the best way to work out is in the morning in a fasted state, because that's where the most, you get the most benefits. But if you're not somebody who has the time in the morning and has time, maybe at noon, if you work office job and can go for a walk, like that's great. You know, figure out the way that works best for you in order to implement whatever changes you want to make and do it your way. You know, somebody's way, somebody else's way is not the only way. Just figure out for yourself and just have a plan and go after it. Yeah. Go get it. Go get it. Before we wrap up, where's the best place? And we'll have all the links in the show notes, but for people listening on the go, where's the best place to find you or Carnivore Snacks or where can they um, learn more? I am mostly on Instagram at Sil Tabor and Carnivore Snacks is at carnivore.snacks with an X at the end on Instagram and the website is carnivoresnacks.com. Yes. So we have a lot of cool stuff coming up. If anybody wants to subscribe or try out our product, use the link Julie mentioned for a discount. And yeah, if you guys want to connect on Instagram, I'm always there. I love it. Sylvia, thank you so much for sharing your journey with us and for bringing carnivore snacks to the world. It was definitely, definitely needed and they're delicious. So keep, keep those ideas, keep growing, keep doing what you're doing because the world needs carnivore snacks. Thank you so much. And thank you for spreading the word and doing what you're doing because we definitely need more people like you. 
My pleasure. For everyone listening, remember you can get the show notes and transcripts by visiting inspiredliving.show. I hope you had a great time and enjoyed this episode as, as much as I did. Go get those carnivore snacks. I'll see Thank you Thank you for week. listening to Julie Michelson's Inspired Living with Autoimmunity. Did you enjoy this episode? Please like, share, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to get a transcript of this and every other episode, just head on over to inspiredliving.show or click on the link in this episode's description. There, you can also find everything we discussed in this episode, including links and information about our guests. You can even send in your questions to be answered by Julie in a future episode. That's inspiredliving.show. Until next time, this is Julie Michelson's Inspired Living with Autoimmunity podcast, helping you take your power back.